Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. By means of introduction, the book of Proverbs is a unique book lodged within the Old Testament. For the most part, the writer of nearly every one of these Proverbs is Solomon. You know, years ago I went to the Chinese restaurant. If you don't like Chinese food, the altar's open. You can come up here and repent all day during the service. Anyways, I went to the Chinese restaurant, and, and the, my favorite part about going to a Chinese restaurant or a Japanese restaurant or whatever kind of Asian restaurant it is, it's at the end of the meal when they bring out that fortune cookie, <laughs> because I want to know what my fortune is, <laughs> or at least what they think it is. So have you ever been like me, and you open up that fortune cookie, and there's nothing in there? <laughs> that is my luck. That is, I have no fortune and no future, that is, in the eyes of those fortune cookie tellers. But anyways, a Chinese proverb is what we read in those fortune cookies. And today, as we look into Proverbs chapter 11, we're not looking at a Chinese proverb. We're not looking at a Japanese proverb. We're looking at the heavenly proverb breathed by the Holy Spirit into the pen of Solomon. Now, you know who Solomon was in the Old Testament. He was a king. And Solomon, I guess, he had a problem, as all of you are very well of. You know, one preacher said, I know what took Solomon. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines. That's what killed him. <laughs> God's purpose for marriage has always been between man and one man and one woman, and preferably for life. And we know that just because some of these Old Testament characters had more than one spouse does not give us the freedom to do that. They have to stand before God and be accountable to their actions, just like we do. But in this chapter, in this verse, the Bible stresses how a person who goes and tells others about the Lord is a wise individual. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I hope that maybe you're like me today, that you want to be a wise believer in the gospel. And then if we want to be wise, we're going to do this, tell others about Jesus. So if you could walk away with anything today, I want you to walk away with those four words. Tell others about Jesus. That's what I've labeled as my sermon title today. I believe that the whole purpose of our existence is, is not to get a nice, good-paying job. It's not, to, not necessarily to have a, have a nice family and, and bring them to church on Sundays. But I believe that our whole purpose to live on this earth is to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. The church that does not evangelize will fossilize. May I take it a step further? The Christian that does not evangelize shall fossilize. Certainly there are people who are more gifted than others to telling people about Jesus. Not everybody's going to be a Billy Graham. But we are all called to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I like what one preacher said. He said, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. We are all just a bunch of nobodies trying to tell everybody in this world about the only somebody who can change their life. 
I like what R.A. Torrey said. He's a preacher of yesterday. If you've never heard of him, you should, you should look him up and read some of his books. He said this. He said, my one ambition in life is to win as many souls as I possibly can. It is the most worthwhile thing in life. I like what D.L. Moody said. He said the world, he may not be credited to saying this, but he is the one credited to popularize this saying. He said the world has yet to see what God will do with a man fully consecrated to him. By God's help, I aim to be that man. I wonder if we had a house full of believers today at Clear Baptist Church, if we were just to have men and women and boys and girls who would say, I pledge, I aim to be the man or woman that God would seek to have His hand on to change this world for Christ. Today, I, I want to just label or summarize everything with this statement, and I hope that you'll make it your own statement today. I've personalized it, and I wrote down this after I was meditating in several of these verses, and here in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30, I wrote down this, I will use the rest of my life to tell others about Jesus and what He has done for me. I will use the rest of my life to tell others about Jesus and what He has done for me. You know, you don't have to be a, an ordained minister of the gospel of Christ like Brother Andrews or Brother Riggs or myself or some of the others here. You don't have to go off to Bible college. You don't have to get a, degree, a bachelor's degree in biblical studies. You don't have to go off to seminary and get a master's degree. And you don't have to go off and get a doctorate in theology. You don't have to do all that stuff. All you have to do is have a willing heart to say, hey God, use me to tell others about your Son, Jesus. Today I want to ask and answer this one question. Why should we tell others about Jesus Christ? I know maybe you're sitting here today, you're asking, well, Brother Brian, I know that we talk about this all the time. Why should I use the rest of my life to tell others about Jesus? Well, I'm glad you asked this morning because I want to answer it in five different ways, just very briefly and, and as rapidly as I know how respectfully. I wrote down, first of all, tell others about Jesus because it's God's divine declaration. Tell others about Jesus because it's God's divine declaration. Did you know God has commanded us to tell others about Jesus? Listen, it doesn't matter if you're a CEO of some great organization in the Roanoke Valley or you are working at Food Line, scanning groceries as a cashier. God has called all of us everywhere to tell others about Him. He's commanded us. It's a calling and a command that cannot be neglected. But unfortunately, many believers and many churches have neglected it. Now, I believe that we should be a part of our community. I believe we should feed those that are hungry. That's why we have a food pantry. I believe we should clothe, the, clothe those who are needy. I believe that we should give water to those who are in need. I believe we should help others do that. But listen, that should never replace the fact that God has still called us to tell others about Jesus. Hey, if we're going to give somebody water, we should give them water and say, Hey, listen, the Bible says that if you drink of this earthly water, you will thirst again. But if you drink of the heavenly water, Water found in God's Word, you'll never thirst again. Hey, if you eat this bread, you will be hungry again. But if you eat from the bread of Almighty God, you'll never hunger again. I believe we should fulfill that physical need, but we should never neglect the spiritual need in our society. In Matthew chapter 28, we read about how Jesus said after... After he was getting ready to, or after he rose again, he was talking to the disciples. He said, go therefore, teach all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. In Mark chapter number 16 and verses 14 through 18, we find this great commission is found in a second place. And he said, go ye therefore, he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, that creature does not necessarily mean to all the dogs and cats and squirrels and, and birds. <laughs> it means to all the Jews and Gentiles in our world, to every people, to every tribe, to every nation. In Luke chapter 24, in John chapter 20, we read about the Great Commission again. It is something that God has directly commanded us and given us a responsibility to do. Now, you know, sometimes we think that, that in order to, to become a soul winner or a, a witness for the gospel, that we have, to, we have to go to Evangelism 101 and 102 and 104 and 105. But you know, you don't have to. What, what did Jesus say in Acts chapter 1? He said, after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall be a witness. So if you are a child of God, you are a witness for God. How is our witness today? Paul wrote these words to young Timothy in, in the second book and second letter in chapter 4. He said, do the work of an evangelist. An evangelist is somebody who tells others about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not somebody who has their seven suits and seven sermons and blows in and blows out in the congregation, you know, and preaches revival meeting, although that's a, a time and a need for that. But that's not what a biblical evangelist is. A biblical evangelist is somebody who, who takes the gospel to other people in our world. And we're all called to be those evangelists. Now, certainly there are some people who have the gift of evangelism. But then he also said in the same passage in 2 Timothy chapter 4, to preach the word, to be instant in season and out of season. That's not just a command for me as a gospel preacher and a pastor. It's a command for all of us that we are called to take God's word and herald forth. That's where the word preach means. Herald forth the message of Jesus Christ. Tell others about Jesus because it's God's divine declaration. It's, it's our Christian obligation to do it. But may I share with you secondly today, Remember, I will use the rest of my life to tell others about Jesus and what He has done for me. I wrote down secondly, tell others about Jesus because of His death and resurrection. Tell others about Jesus because of His death and resurrection. Now I know on Easter Sunday we celebrate the resurrection. But I want you to know this that every Sunday out of the year is Resurrection Sunday. Our world might celebrate Easter on one selected Sunday out of the year, but we celebrate Easter and Resurrection every single Sunday. Why do we do that? Because without the Resurrection, why would we even meet here today? There would be no point. In fact, one of my favorite characters in the Old Testament is the man by the name of Jonah. Jonah has been a, a hot debate over the centuries and millenniums among scholarship. But I want you to know that I believe Jonah was a literal physical character that existed many years ago. When I went to Israel, I stood at Joppa, and I've been to see the place where we believe Jonah set sail to go to Tarshish. But as you know, Jonah was, was running away from God and he ran in the complete opposite direction, the Bible says, when you look at the geography. And he was on that ship. 
and a great storm came. And those mariners and the shipmaster, you know, they, they got together, they cast lots, and the lots fell on Jonah. And then he revealed to them how he was a Hebrew, and he was a servant of the Lord, and he was running from God. And so they took him, and they threw him in the sea, and the storm instantly ceased. And then the Bible tells us that a great fish or a, a big whale, some sort of, of giant um, being inhabiting that sea, came and swallowed him up. And after a few days, spat him back out. And he lived to tell the story. And for those of you who may not believe that story, in the late 19, excuse me, in the late 1800s, a man did survive being swallowed by a whale and spat back up. So it is scientifically possible for it to happen. But that's neither here nor near. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13, he said, the only sign I'm going to give you is the sign of the prophet Jonah. How he was in the, the belly of the well three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Speaking of his resurrection. So whether you believe Jonah was a physical character like me or whether you think it was an allegorical story, nonetheless, let's set it all aside. The whole purpose of Jonah's story in the, book, in the Old Testament is the fact that it resembles and typifies Jesus dying and rising again. In Psalm 22, it speaks about how, how Jesus would ultimately quote Psalm 22. He said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? On the cross is when Jesus there, he thought he was forsaken by God because all of humanity's sin was placed on his shoulders. Could you imagine every lie that was ever told, every adultery that ever took place, every lustful thought, everything that was, every theft, everything, all the sin, blasphemy, everything placed upon his shoulders. And there, he cried, it is finished. Isaiah 53. We read about how by his stripes we can be healed. Psalm 22 and Isaiah chapter 53 are Old Testament predictions of Jesus' death. And Psalm 16 is a prediction how, how, how the psalmist said that, that you will not leave your Holy One to see corruption typifies and predicts Jesus' resurrection, quoted by the apostles in Acts chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 talks about how Jesus was cited over 500 people. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 57 and 58, talks about how we have victory through Jesus Christ because He defeated death, hell, and the grave by His glorious resurrection. And then the last verse of the resurrection chapter says that we are called to be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord because Jesus rose again. Tell others about Jesus because of His death and resurrection, because it is God's divine declaration. Remember, I will use the rest of my life to tell others about Jesus and what He has done for me. But may I share with you a third thought today? I wrote down this. Tell others about Jesus because He has given us soul redemption. Tell others about Jesus because He has given us soul redemption. If you got your Bibles, I do want you to turn to Romans chapter 3. In Romans chapter 3, we often go to for the Romans road. 
where it talks about there is none good. No, not one. There's none that understands and there's none that's righteous in the eyes of God. And then it says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And every one of us today, we have broken the commandments found in the Word of God. We are sinners and, and we need a Savior. But sometimes we neglect some of the other verses in Romans chapter number 3. And in Romans chapter 3 and verse number 24, following Romans chapter 3 verse 23, the Bible says this. It says, being justified, that is declared righteous, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption. Say redemption with me. Redemption, say it again please. Redemption that is in Christ Jesus redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, the songwriter said. I'm thankful today that as I look out in this house of worship that there's men and women who have been bought by the blood, by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And that's what it means to be redeemed. We were once sinners in sin and lost and undone, but Jesus stepped in and washed us clean with His blood and saved us. Ephesians chapter number 1 and verse number 7 talks about the redemption. It says, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. And listen, the riches found in the grace of Jesus Christ is far greater than anything this world could imagine. Imagine all the, the nice, famous billionaires our world has. Imagine if they all combined their money together. It does not compare to the riches found in Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 1 verse 17 speaks about it as well. Hebrews chapter 9 verses 11 through 15 talks about how we're redeemed by Him. And then I, I need us to understand this. As we, we're we're going to tell people about Jesus. We need to understand this. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 6 that some water and some plant, but it's God who gives the increase. Today, I know that in Proverbs chapter number 11, verse 30, it talks about how he that wins souls is wise. We know the, the true soul winner is Jesus Christ, and we are just agents and ambassadors that he uses to do his work. Today, maybe God is calling you to plant seeds into somebody's life. Maybe God is calling you to water those seeds that have already been planted. And maybe God is calling you to be the one that God uses to harvest the souls for His kingdom. We all have a job to do. We all are called to tell about how Jesus can redeem us. I will use the rest of my life to tell others about Jesus and what He's done for me. Tell others about Jesus. Why should we do that? Because it is God's divine declaration. Because of His death and resurrection. Because He has given us soul redemption. He saved us. But now, here's what I want to share with you today. As we change to another scene. I read on fourthly. Tell others about Jesus. Because there is a day of condemnation. Tell others about Jesus because there is a day of condemnation. Hebrews chapter 9. Verse 27 says, It's appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. 
Now, I know you might think that you're never going to die. <laughs> Maybe you're here today, you think you're just never going to kick the bucket. <laughs> Maybe here today, you think you're never going to have to go see the undertaker at the, at the funeral home. But whether you think so or not, I want you to know that 10 out of 10 people do die. Except for, you know, Elijah and, and Enoch in the Old Testament, of course. I know that, that somebody will talk to me about that after the service. And everybody going up in the rapture. We know all that, okay? Those are exceptions to the rule. But I also want you to know this, that, that when, when you do pass away, you know, I have a Garmin watch on. I, I have this suit coat that, that I got recently. I got this nice tie that somebody gave me. You know, I got these pants on. I got these shoes. Did you know that I can't take these with me when I die? I can't take my nice, awesome 2009 Chevy Cobalt with me. <laughs> I can't take it with me. <laughs> we can't take the things that we own, so there's no point in putting stock in them. Because one day, everything in this life will be forgotten, except for what we've done for Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8, I love this verse. In verse number 1, you know, the word condemned, it means to be declared guilty. That's what it means. Justify means to be declared righteous, but condemned means to be declared guilty. And there are going to be some people that are going to be declared guilty when they stand before God. But you know what we read in Romans chapter 8, verse number 1? It says, there is therefore now no condemnation. So when I stand before God, when you stand before God, we are not declared guilty. We are innocent because Jesus has saved us. And if that won't get you shouting this morning, I don't know what will. Jesus is able to remove every sinful stain that you have in your life, past, present, and future. And today, as we, if we died, all of us right now together, or we went up in the rapture together this moment, we will all stand innocent before God. And today we should just say thank you to Almighty God for what He has done. Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 13 speak about how the books are going to be opened. Both great, small, great and small, the Bible says. So somebody like Nebuchadnezzar and somebody like who's not even mentioned in the Babylonian Empire, just a servant, will all stand before him. We cannot escape God's judgment. You know, I try to escape my dentist appointment, my eye doctor's appointment, my, my, uh, my uh, family doctor's appointment. I try, to, I try to get out of as many appointments as I can. But listen, this is an appointment that none of us can miss. And those who are lost are surely not going to miss it as well. Two judgments. All the believers were standing at the judgment seat of Christ. To be judged of, of how we lived our life as a believer and will be rewarded or not rewarded accordingly. And then the Bible says there's a great white throne judgment. Speaking in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 13. Well, all those who are unsaved will stand and then Jesus will say, depart from me. I never knew you. Which leads me to my, my fifth thought today. I said tell others about Jesus because there is a day of condemnation, but, but we need to understand this. Tell others about Jesus because there is eternal 
damnation. Tell others about Jesus because there is eternal damnation. And in Matthew chapter 13, verse 50, the Bible talks about how hell is a place, it's like a furnace of fire. You know, we think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3 being thrown in that furnace of fire. The Bible likens that place to, to eternity separated from God. The Bible tells us in, in Matthew chapter 25, verse 46, by the way, Jesus said that hell was prepared and created and set aside, not for people in this world, but for the devil and his angels. So, so hell was never made for any human being. Please understand that. It was only a place for the devil and all those angelic beings who, who followed him in his revolt against God. In Mark chapter number 9, verses 43 through 48, it talks about how this fire, this fire will never be quenched. Have you ever built a fire before? When I was working at Camp Bethel years ago with some of these... Uh, uh, youth, we had it was a junior week that I was working with that day, and we, we got the, these all the wood that we could find. We tried to build build a fire as big as we could get. I might have told you the story before, but but we got this fire up to about my chin. And um, one of those little kids walk up to that thing with his with his marshmallow, and he said, "Burn, baby, burn, burn, baby, burn." <laughs> no matter how big of a fire you build on this earth, eventually, if you don't keep putting wood on that, it's going to cease. It's going to disintegrate. It's going to stop burning. But the Bible tells us that hell's not like that. Luke chapter 16 talks about how that man lifted up his eyes being in torment in verse 23. John chapter 3 is a, is, is a passage that we go to and talk about Nicodemus and Jesus, how they met together and how you've got to be born again, that if you're not born again, then you cannot see the kingdom of God. But later on, the very last verse in John chapter 3 and verse number 36, the Bible says these profounding words. It says, He that believes on the Son has everlasting life, and he that believes not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, The wages of sin is death. Because of our sin, we deserve total separation from God in a devil's hell. But in God's grace and His mercy, He can step in and save us. And Revelation chapter 20, verses 14 and 15 and 21, verse 8, says that hell and death is going to one day be cast into the lake of fire. Why should we tell others about Jesus? Well, because He died to save everybody. And all those who do not receive that gift of salvation will spend eternity in hell. If you've never heard of Charles Spurgeon, I would encourage you to go look him up. He's labeled as the Prince of Preachers. A lot of people think that I was young when I started pastoring, and sure enough, I was. But Charles Spurgeon started, started pastoring when he was 16 years old. And he started pastoring that, that church in London, England, when he was 19 years old. He never went to Bible college, never went to seminary. And he's called the Prince of Preachers. And here's what he said. He said, if sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. 
And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled with the teeth of our exertions. And let not one go unwarned and unprayed for. I close with with this question. Will you dedicate the rest of your life to telling others about Jesus and what He's done for you? The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith, 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.